changing the narrative how are you all doing happy sunday if you're listening to this on sunday um i hope you had a great week hope you're about to have a great week and i hope you're all feeling good today's episode is all about hustle culture i love any kind of topic that's well you know that's why i have this podcast any kind of topic that is under the self-development umbrella right but anything about productivity hustle culture, work culture, burnout, I love. Sorry, I feel like I'm gonna burp. My drinks today is a caramel cookie coffee, which I have in my big cup and hasn't yet got warm and I've had this since like 9 a.m. It's good, does it taste like caramel cookie? No. I also just went to, if you, if you don't watch my YouTube, by the way, I would love to know, I know I say this a lot, but I love engaging with you guys. I'd love to know if you only listen to my podcast because I would find that, fascinating if you've like found me through spotify and like i had someone comment on my tiktok that like that was the first time they'd seen my face on the podcast tiktok and i was like that is crazy we do have a podcast tiktok let me know what you want from the podcast tiktok because i want to at the moment it's just like snippets of the podcast i want to make sure there's added value for already podcast listeners because the guys who are already listening you're my main priority do i want to reach a bigger audience of course because i think stay humble but this podcast could benefit a lot of people and i think it's super fun and obviously i want more people but obviously the ogs are are my main priority so i want every piece of content i do to be useful for you guys but i've got a coke zero because if you don't watch my youtube my parents this isn't why i've got it well i guess it is but we're we're actually moving my parents bought a house right down in the middle of town a while ago and they're they're painting and renovating every day and i just went down to drop them hoover went and got them some lunch and they had coke zeros in the fridge in the new house so absolutely will i be having a can of that although if you know me i'm a pepsi max girl through and through i really want to do the pepsi coke challenge on tiktok i think i might do it uh, i might get my parents to like set it up for me and do it for me um actually i might go buy the cans and literally get them set up for me because i think that is so fun and pepsi max is like my favorite i would like to think that i could recognize pepsi max let me just taste this coke again Like, I know that's Coke. I mean, I know I know it's Coke, and I actually know it's Coke, so it's easy said than done. But, like, I think Pepsi Max tastes so different. Although I've never had Pepsi, really, and I don't have normal Coke. I think I could recognise Diet Coke. I don't think I... I don't know if I'd recognise normal Pepsi. Like, I've never had normal Pepsi. So, but I'd like to think I'd know what Pepsi Max is. And as long as I got Pepsi Max right, I don't care, because I don't drink the rest. Anyway, God, this has taken to a big, weird start let's go in with things i've been grateful for the last week normally i write these down and have guidance i i have no guidance right now so i'm just gonna go off the top of my head we're gonna start niche i found the perfect weekly like desk pad for my desk and i mean it's only a tuesday when i'm filming this right i only started using it yesterday but i already feel like i've got my life together i already feel like i'm in a good routine and i'm grateful for the pad but for the routine it's brought me as well i really feel like this burp is in my chest and I just want it out. Oh, God. Okay, we're just gonna... One thing about me, I don't burp, right? I don't know why, but I just don't burp. It's not something I, mean, I, it's not something I can do either. Like, I, like right now, I can't just 
I can't, I don't, I don't burp. It's, I, it's so annoying. It's like when I drink like this, I, I, I can feel it. It needs to happen, but I just don't burp. So it's so annoying. Um, what was I even saying? So I'm, I'm very grateful for the, for the weekly pad because I feel like it was exactly what I wanted. I couldn't really get my head around my, my organization preferences, right? I love my iPad and I love my iPad planner, but there's something about it not being right there. Have to unlock it, go on the app, find the page. This weekly pad just sits there. So on Tuesday, it's 11 o'clock on Tuesday. What am I supposed to be doing right now? Oh yeah. And then I'm like, oh yeah, I have lunch and oh yeah, and then I'm gonna do this. And I can see like what I'm kind of gonna do tomorrow. And I just, I'm really loving it. It's the, actually, should I find out what it is for you guys? Just in case you're interested. One sec, let me get it. It's by the company Alison Scott. And I think it's the On Plan Weekly Planner. Cause at the top of it, it says On Plan. Uh, like I said, got it from Sainsbury's. I think it was like six pound and you can just tear off the week and then you've got a new one. And I just love it. I love the layout. It's making me feel very productive and organized and not in a fake sense. Like I actually do think it's making me more productive. And the little to-do list down the side is meaning I don't forget silly things like make sure you reply to this person, make sure you send off that scarf, make sure silly things that I would definitely forget otherwise. Oh my God, the bird feels like it's there. Wait for it. Oh. This whole episode's gonna be like a journey with me and my burp. I feel like I can just stop recording and get it out of my system. Um, okay. What else am I grateful for? What have I been enjoying recently as well? So I downloaded, which I'll probably talk about in this book in this podcast. Uh I've I've always had Audible, but I could never quite get into it because I adore podcasts. I would hope I do, because I have one. But I love podcasts. Fun fact about me, I don't really listen to music, really. I do in the car in short journeys, like if I'm driving down the road or, you know, somewhere close, I won't bother like putting on a podcast. But if I go on a walk, if I go on a long drive, if I just like want to listen to something around the house, which isn't very normal, but like on a walk in the gym, I'll listen to music if I'm in the gym, gym, which I haven't been for for ages. But if I like went on the Stairmaster podcast or YouTube video, like I'm such a, I want to listen to someone in my ear. Like, is that weird? Like, I just love podcasts. I don't need to... Uh, one thing about me, I explain everything way too much. Something I'm trying to get over. I love podcasts. I don't really listen to music that much. <clears throat> so I thought, oh, I'll probably love Audible. Because I don't know about you. And if you have good ones, let me know. If I'm listening to a podcast, I want it to be somewhat insightful. Just because that's what I enjoy listening to. I like someone, like, stimulating my brain a bit. And, like, getting me to think and stuff. I just enjoy that. Um, I will listen to like some more fun ones like I'll listen to Emma Chamberlain's even though they're not always about a topic I love the way she talks about topics though she makes me think and even if it's just like stuff I'm loving I'll listen to hers just because I think she's got a nice podcasty voice and I like the way she speaks um, and I was like well Audible's going to be great because I can just download a self-help book and always have good pod like almost like a podcast because I can't find many good self-development self-help podcasts um and I hated it. I downloaded one, like a book about habits um, and something else, but normally the authors narrate them. And the one I got about habits, I think was a, was a man. Um, but because self-help books are also quite like science-based a lot of the time, they just sound really boring. Like they're just narrated really boringly. Um, so I've never really got into it. But recently, after last week's episode, the you're not busy, you're just unproductive, I was like, I want to know more about this. I want to whatever. And I've had Grace Beverly's Working Hard, Hardly Working book in my 
drawer in my belonging for a year since it came out i pre-ordered the book and i've literally read the first like 20 pages of it uh, yes come on do you see what i mean like that was my burp that's pathetic um yeah so i downloaded it as an audible book because I, i'm so keen to like read or listen to the contents of the book because i just love her um, and I've read the first 20 pages and I knew it would be good. And I've seen her talk a lot about it on her stories recently, like snippets of it. And I'm like, I really need to listen to that. And I knew she was going to be narrating it. And I really love Grace. So I'm grateful that I gave Audible a second chance to download that book because I am loving it. And if you're like me and you're interested in like being more productive, using your time more effectively, like just like hustle culture, productivity, stuff like that in general, highly recommend listening to Working Hard, Hardly Working. Grace narrates it so well. I think because I know who she is and I can picture her speaking, I really enjoy her voice. <laughs> I really enjoy the experience of listening to her book rather than like listening to someone I don't know. Like I just, I'm really enjoying the process of listening to the book. So I guess I'm grateful for that. And what else am I grateful for? I had a fun reply to an email earlier. I had a really fun call earlier. Um, and very soon when you're listening to this, I think we might be there. We're going to... Costa Rica and I'm just so excited I feel like there's so many oh my god I booked my flights to Australia yesterday there's so much to be grateful for in the last week I feel yesterday was such a good day I felt so fulfilled and like productive and like good at the end of it um it is to be grateful for actually at the moment and the journal prompt for last week was what does productivity mean to you again normally I write my answers to these down and I haven't um and that's kind of because I just kind of wanted to see what came to my head and like go through this topic with you guys because I think the the bulk of this hustle culture episode might be quite short I say that my notes are so long but I feel like they're going to be quick to talk through um so productivity to me always used to be I've spoke about this before I think a lot of my self-worth comes from how productive a day was how successful I feel like from my work a lot like I put a lot of self-worth in my productivity and my work so to me before like productive was definitely hustle culture like productive for me productive before meant nothing nothing about productive lift nothing about how efficiently i did tasks within a time it productive was just like have i worked all day today can i tick like meaningless tasks off my to-do list like this book i'm listening to by grace is so interesting because she talks a lot about like the admin demon and like putting tasks down and like ticking them off and feeling like you're productive when you're actually not getting any step closer to any goals and I feel like that's kind of what I've always seen productive as as long as as long as I feel like I like did loads and just had like a super busy day I was okay like the quality of the work didn't necessarily matter just as long as I could be like I've done this and I've done this and I've done this and I'm not gonna go out tonight and I'm gonna stay on a Friday night because I'm gonna grind and like that made me feel good and like that's what productivity was to me but now productivity to me is definitely, especially since listening to this book, is definitely about not being a snowflake and being like a balance. And I just want loads of balance and I'm not going to work and just whatever feels good. I enjoy working really hard. And I feel like even though I've said it's only been like a few days since I've really tried to put a routine in place, productivity to me right now is like working hard and like actually working like hard within a few hours that I've been given and like working smart and getting stuff done so that I have the time to do the stuff I want to do like not letting a task take like three hours when it should have took one because I'm so distracted like 
being able to do it in that hour so I have two hours to do whatever I want at the end of the day. That's definitely what I'm focusing on at the moment and what productivity looks like to me right now. The balance for me has to be in there. Like productivity no longer means to me like grind, grind, grind. Like productivity, hustle culture, productivity. Like it's definitely taking more of the balanced route, which I'm really, really grateful for. And I'm, yeah, like I said, trying to work smart and hard, like not, I always say, I feel like I'm always trying to relax and work at the same time. And that is something I'm not trying to do at the moment. Like productivity to me, like a productive day to me now would be like, I've worked, I've switched off and now I'm like doing this. You know, like letting tasks take the time they take, yes, but also making sure they don't take as like twice as long as they need to. Like I'm trying to find the balance in both, like letting a task take as long as it takes and not rush it, but also like spend 10 minutes looking at my emails when I just had like one to answer or like getting distracted on Instagram when sending my insights to someone. Um, yeah, I hope that made sense. I'm just rambling on now. Hustle culture. I did a poll on my Instagram ages ago for this. I feel like I've been meaning to film this episode for ages and just said like, do any of you feel like you feel the effects of hustle culture? How many of you struggle with the effects of hustle culture? And 65% of you said that you feel like you've been a victim to hustle culture which is crazy so let's talk a bit about hustle culture actually before we get into it so i'm gonna like say in a minute where i've come from i'm essentially going to read you back in uni we actually in year two we did trend forecasting and we had to take a trend talk about what happened in the last five years of it what's happening now with it and where we think it's going to go in the next 10 years i have obviously always been very interested in wellness and i found um like a title that was like self-care is the new status or like wellness is the new status or something and I was like I'm gonna look into hustle culture because at the time I was at like the height of my grind 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 and that was definitely because of lockdown because I had nothing else to do and luckily I could do uni from home and I was fortunate enough that I could work from home so all of my friends that couldn't go and work in retail or hospitality that they used to work in I was like, I've got a blessing here. I can still do everything that I always did and we can't go out. So I'm just gonna do it all times 10. Um, and I'm, I think my tutors actually found it quite funny that I was doing hustle culture because I think they realized that in me. Um, but hustle culture is essentially like the grind, you know, the side hustle, like making sure you're always working, like your self-worth and your sense of self and if you're happy with yourself comes from the grind and my opinion on it should I tell you that now or my background with it like I just said is I have fallen victim to hustle culture so much I find my brain really interesting and I've realized this recently I really want to do an episode about being like self-aware but I don't know if it's stupid and just comes under everything that we talk about if you want me to do an episode on like being self-aware and how to be self-aware where that comes from let me know or if that's really just stupid and self-explanatory also let me know um but yeah I think I've become really self-aware in the fact that I realized that I can listen to a podcast read something in a book and because I think that person knows more than me kind of take it as a bible like I've realized that a lot recently especially when reading this book that Grace has done because she'll talk about a book and she's like I agree with the principle of what they're saying, but I also think it's a load of rubbish and this is what I think on their stance of like 
productivity or working hours or something. Whereas I've realised I definitely will like hear something in a podcast and be like, okay, you're right. I don't lack discipline. I've never lacked time, just discipline. I'm going to work, 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 work. And I can't differentiate from hearing something and being like, okay, I agree with that part of it. I don't agree with that part of it. Like if someone's calling me out and saying, um, I need to think of an example now. Just like say I listen to a podcast on productivity and they're like, you're like, you're like you know, you're being, a, like if they have a harsh view on it, like you're being a snowflake if you take too much time off and blah, blah. I'll be like, oh my God, yeah, you're right. I really should grind. Or if someone's like, you should be using your time to make a side hustle in your 20s because it's so important and you should be saving for a house. I'll check my, I'll like realise myself being like, okay, yeah, I should do that. Do you know what I mean? I struggle to give my own opinion on something that I've read. I don't now, but I definitely used to. So whenever I would read things about hustle culture or as a trend on social media, I was just like, yeah, you're right. Let's fucking grind. Um, and yeah, I'm going to get into the podcast because I feel like it will make better sense once I've kind of said the things I want to say. Anyway, so like I said, I'm kind of going to go into what I found out about hustle culture, where I think it comes from, what's happening at the moment. And I think stuff I have to say is actually really interesting. Let me take a sip of Coke Zero. So... When researching the last five years at uni, I found out that in 2017, a handful of rich men were worth $426 billion. Just a handful of men. That's how much money they were worth, which is the equivalent to the wealth of 3.6 billion people in the US. I'm pretty sure this was. Arguably, I think this started what we call hustle culture, this knowledge that there was almost like this much abundance to be had that a handful of men's wealth could be the equivalent to like 3.6 billion average people. Like that's crazy. Like I said, hustle culture is a trend where people believe the most important aspect of life is to achieve professional goals by working as much as possible any way you can. Self-fulfillment depends on the grind, personal sacrifice, and to some extent how celebrated you are. Their days consist of endless career-driven tasks and they're constantly looking for more ways to increase their income by monetizing hobbies and I think that part is the really important part to hustle culture constantly looking for more ways to increase your income by like doing something you're already doing you know you enjoy walking your dog and someone's like you could be earning money to do that and you're like okay yeah fuck yeah I'll go and walk four dogs and then like a fiver each for every dog that I'm walking. I think that monetizing hobbies part is really important. Hustle culture has thrived through social media and Grace in her books has a great quote. There's a social media shaped fingerprint on the surface of how we see most things. From hustle culture to success to self-worth. Social media has given anyone and everyone the opportunity to show the world how much they are working and how much money they are making. Social media is the, the center of hustle culture because you're seeing everybody else grind, grind, grind with their side hobbies, with their jewelry businesses, with their social media channels, whatever it may be, just with their four hospitality jobs. The ability to see this many people is something that we've never had before. Fashion brands like Nike have even jumped onto the glorified idea of hustle culture by launching an ad called, the, called Rides and Grind, which is coincidentally the title of a book by entrepreneur and Shark Tank investor, John Damon. It's unclear when the idea of hustle culture started to become more mainstream, but it seems the term hustle started to come around in the 1990s and early 2000s when black rappers started to include the idea of hustling into their lyrics. From this, it seems like the term hustle 
has become completely corrupted as we have turned a real issue that black families went through into an over-glorified social media trend that leads to burnout and lack of self-fulfillment. I thought this was super interesting when doing my research because I think it raises the question that is it a privilege to join the hustle culture movement? Is it a privilege to be working all the time? Is it a privilege to have a job that allows you to earn more money the more hours you work? It's a privilege to be able to monetize hobbies and side hustles, if you will. That being said, I don't think it takes away from the issue that is hustle culture in the UK today, because according to the health and self health, <laughs> according to the health and safety executives, five. I uh, sorry, I'm so bad with numbers. Like I can't read them because I'm so dyslexic. 595,000 workers suffer from work-related stress, anxiety, and depression, resulting in the loss of 15.4 million working days a year. That's crazy. No. A year? I think a year per person that takes a day off. Like, in total. I'm aware there's not a million days in a year. Is that in a year? (laughs) I can't remember. But essentially... Like I was saying, so many, yeah, 600,000 workers suffer from work-related stress, which is in the loss of like 15.4 million working days a year, I'm pretty sure. So if they're all taking like two days off a year, that's bad maths, but you get my point. I do, however, think the effects of hustle culture differs between different ethnicities and even class status. COVID and hustle culture, because this is where I think hustle culture really took a turn for the worst. It's clear that hustle culture has become a problem within Gen Zs and millennials, but it seems to be a privileged problem to have, in my opinion. 1.1 million people in the UK have two or more jobs, while 1.7 million people are unemployed. This isn't to say that everybody with two jobs is earning a large income or even doing it out of choice, but you could still consider it a privilege to have two jobs when so many people in the UK don't have one at all. COVID-19 and businesses closing has obviously played a huge part in this number as this is the highest unemployment rate since September 2015. This being said, COVID-19 has split hustle culture right down the middle as people argued if you don't have a side hustle in lockdown, I hate this quote, you didn't lack time, you lacked discipline. And this is what I mean when I feel like I had an issue with self-awareness. Like I would read that and be like, yeah, fuck your true. Now I read that and I'm like, fuck off we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic are you joking like just getting out of bed to stay in your house every day was hard enough like i think it really took a turn for a worse while others promoted self-care and looking after yourself in these times in april 2020 46.6 percent of unemployed people of employed people sorry started to work from home due to the pandemic Working from home fuels hustle culture as you do not leave your job or the office. There is no separation between work and home. You could work wherever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Again, Grace in her book has an amazing quote, which I love. She explained, when you can work from anywhere and everywhere and you don't, you feel like you're sleeping in an office. Oh my fuck. If you work from home or you have a job that allows you to work anywhere, you you must feel me on this. I said to my mom, I've said to everyone, I don't go anywhere without my laptop. I won't even really go on a day trip to London without my laptop because it feels like a waste not using my train journey there and back to work. It feels like I'm sleeping in an office because I could be working. Like when you don't have someone there being like, okay, leave the office, leave your laptop here and you don't have the means to like 
physically not work and your laptop's there and your to-do list there and you can just like get on with it if you really wanted to. It's so hard to just be like, no, I'm gonna take a break. Anyway, oh, another burp, come on. <laughs> slide four. <laughs> this, is my, this is my fourth slide in uni, obviously. The current situation. The dramatic switch from hustle culture to self-care hasn't yet happened, but I think it's well on its way with more books and articles being published on the topic than ever. So in um, like the trend world, trend forecasting, there's something called Roger's theory of diffusion. And essentially it starts with the innovators. So let's say there's a trend, even like mini bags, right? So obviously in this case, it's hustle culture, but like think about it in terms of fashion, like mini bags, innovators. They're the people who like seen the tiny Jacquemus bags and they were like, they're cool. They were the first like 100 people to buy them, the first 100 people to start wearing them. The early adapters, people who quite easily tag onto trends and are very influenced by the people around them will be like, oh, that's cool. You're cool and I think you're cool. You're wearing this bag, so I'm gonna start wearing this bag. Like, I trust you. You give me enough social proof to be like, cool, I'm gonna do that as well. And then you have the late adapters, which are people who, or adopters, who basically do the same thing, but later on. They need more social proof than the early adopters. So an early adopter, like I could see my favorite inf fashion influencer wearing a mini bag and I'll be like, you're enough proof. I think you're cool. Amazing. I might have a friend who's not really sure on the trend. She needs a bit more social proof than just like me and a few influencers. So she waits and then she realized she goes into uni one day and actually like half her class have them. So she's like, okay, cool. She joins the trend. She's a late adopter. And then we have the laggards, I think they're called, which are normally older generations or people who have, if you're talking about fashion, people who are very secure in their own personal style, who don't buy into fast fashion, who don't, they just, they just don't adopt trends as easy. And you'll know if a trend is going to become a classic or if it's going to stick around if the laggards adopt. Because normally it will go innovators, early adapters, late adapters, and then go and kind of like go down and go off. And if the laggards don't adopt it, it's not becoming a trend. So just because I'm going to refer to them. So innovators and early adopters within Roger's theory of diffusion are already starting to take part in the switch. Innovators of this trend are people who take great interest in mental health and well-being and can financially afford to turn away from hustle culture. Very, very important. As I mentioned, an increase in billionaires in 2017 has fueled hustle culture. But thanks to social media billionaires and business owners, we are now they're now sharing their own negative experience with hustle culture. The two people I'm going to talk about here are Stephen Bartlett and Grace Beverly. As you can probably see, love Grace Beverly. And as you know, I love Stephen Bartlett. Stephen Bartlett is a 25-year-old CEO, I think he's 26 now, of a $300 billion company. I think it's $300 million, actually. But in his podcast, The Diary of a CEO, and his new book, Happy Sex and Millionaire, he talks about how this success did not bring him the happiness and fulfillment he expected and encourages young people to dig deeper and look elsewhere for success and happiness. Grace Beverly launched a launched three multi-million pound businesses whilst completing her degree at Oxford University. She has since come out and spoken about how this amount of work and stress actually ended up hospitalizing her. I'm like 99% sure this is true. I remember her saying this and I researched it for obviously this, but I was, um, she didn't talk about it in the early chapters of her book, but maybe it's just not something she wants to talk about. I know she doesn't talk about it a lot, but I've definitely heard her say that before. She also just released a book, which is the book I've been reading. This is what I mean, like I did a whole 
um, this book was like the main research of this like project and I literally read the first 30 pages and like had enough so never read the rest <laughs> she's also just released the book about the new working world and the need to reframe the way that we work so even though and I think this is true at me if you want these two figures potentially fueled hustle culture in the beginning by posting their successes across social media with over 1 million followers each they are now providing the social proof to the early and late majority in Roger's theory of diffusion that hustle culture is not the way forward. So if you don't understand what I'm saying there, so I think these two, like potentially you could say, arguably, fueled the beginning in hustle culture. Like Grace opening like three businesses while she was at uni, like Stephen Bartlett opening like amazing multi-million pound business while he was like 25 and like showing the work he did, talking about how he used to stay up till 3 a.m. to find um, investors and stuff. And then since coming out and being like, hey, actually, now that I've done that, that didn't bring me fuck all. Don't replicate what I did. So in the time they didn't realise and now they're like, hey, don't do that. That was stupid. Anyway, I predict. So now we're talking about like my prediction for the next like five years, what I think is going to happen with hustle culture, right? Listen up. I predict the early majority and a large percent of the late majority of this trend are going to be middle and upper class citizens and within the next five years they will be able to take a switch from hustle culture to self-care because they're more likely to be able to afford to do so so to turn away from hustle culture you need to have the financial stability to be like oh i'm gonna stop monetizing my hobby and just do it as a hobby again some people don't have that choice they have to monetize their hobby because their day job doesn't pay them enough money but i don't think that's hustle culture i think hustle culture is almost like uh in a way greed but that sounds a bit mean when i refer to hustle culture and having side hustles and different jobs i'm referring to people who don't necessarily need to and they're just finding a way to monetize things for the sake of it because they think spending time doing something that could be monetized and not is a waste of time you know you're spending three hours on a podcast that can't be monetized when you could monetize it what's the point hopefully you get what i'm gonna say there so i think the first people that are going to switch away from hustle, hustle culture are the people that can afford to stop monetizing their hobbies however i think this is all going to be extremely performative like extremely performative everybody would be trying to prove to each other on social media that they are taking the best care of themselves and they are working less and less and they're like oh you're like monetizing your hobby you should so try and just like not monetize it it's so good for the brain and they'll like yeah it'll just be so performative it'll be like the start of hustle culture like it will not be genuine whatsoever we're already starting to see examples of this across social media platforms like instagram and tiktok so when i was doing this i seen a super interesting tiktok where a married couple had gone on a retreat weekend to recharge and relax from work in the first frame of the tiktok she explained how the first rule of the weekend was that they had to lock their phone away, which I agree is vital for self-care, recharge, switching off. However, <laughs> she then proceeded to film their weekend for TikTok. She literally filmed them locking their phones away in a box and said the first rule is no phones and then proceeded to film the weekend for TikToks and basically said that she only took her phone out of the locked box to film special moments for TikTok and promised us that she kept it on airplane mode while she did so. I can't help but question whether they went on their retreat for themselves or for TikTok. 
I know that might sound harsh and you think, well, they, you know, they might be content creators. That's what they do. Is that what they do? Or are they being like, look, I'm taking such good care of myself. I'm just like on this retreat and I'm just really looking after myself. Look, look how good we are. Me and my husband, we just locked our phones away for the whole weekend. Oh, can you not do that? That's such a shame. You literally didn't lock your phone away. You're literally filming the whole thing. And even if you're, if you are saying like, I'm a content creator, I need to film stuff like this. I thought you went away to recharge and not work. Why are you, why are you fucking filming it? I mean, I've obviously, I literally say here, I also fell victim to this the other week when I first started my online coaching plan for fitness. I explained on my social media that I was really in need of something to focus on that was just for me, away from work, away from uni, something I could put my energy to, that the outcome was only for myself. And then I proceeded to ask people if they wanted me to film the journey and make a separate Instagram to document it. I had to really step back and be super self-aware and be like, that ruins the whole point of everything I just said this was for so i think like i said at the beginning people are going to be doing things for themselves but making sure people know they're doing it and not in a way that's like oh i'm doing this you should try it too in a i'm doing this and i'm doing so well because i'm aware i do that i'll be like i'm switching my phone off today guys all right like see you later but my brand and this whole podcast revolves around wellness and me guys trying to teach you ways that we can try and be better and show you guys what I'm doing in order to try and turn away from things like hustle culture. So I think I do fall victim to it sometimes. Like if I'm if I'm having a really relaxing night or I've purposely taken myself on like a date, yeah, sometimes I want to post it because I'm like, this is really cool and I'm really proud of myself. But I mean like you average everyday people who are going to try and like, not that I'm not average in every day, but you know what I mean? People whose niche isn't teaching other people wellness and like having a wellness brand. That's not me saying I don't fall victim to it. Obviously I do, but I just think it's going to be very performative. Although those taking part in this new movement are being very performative, I predict the government will have to start making changes to labour laws as mental health problems and deaths rise as a result of work-related stress and even exhaustion from overworking. France and Ireland have just passed a law. This was obviously written a year ago, so it's quite old now where employees aren't allowed to check their emails on a weekend. I think this is the first step we'll follow in the next early five years. The current labour laws on working times are that you can't work over 48 hours a week on average, with multiple jobs being an exception to this law. I predict the government will put 40-hour labour laws a week in all jobs. Obviously, I think this is like... We didn't have to really have a reason why we thought this in uni. It was just like a... Be fairly reasonable, what do you think? I think that would be a good start. I think the government, sooner or later, is going to have to put in more working hour uh, laws. But take everything I'm about to say with a pinch of salt. This isn't me being delusional. This was like me for uni work. And almost like what I would like to see happen and the extremes of the trend. Like this is me being extreme. So take it with a grain of salt. I don't actually think this stuff is going to happen. This will force people to work less, but also will force certain industries to employ more people as their current workers might not be able to do as much work as they once were with these new laws so say they had five people all working at 48 hours if the government cuts it back to 40 obviously they're gonna have to employ like three new people to take on those extra eight hours that they've all just lost so in the next five years so now we're talking like 2028 onwards the movement will become far less performative as people will actually start to experience the real benefits they've done from being mindful. So even though they're being performative, they will start to reap the benefits. So even if they're posting their meditation they're doing every day, if they are actually doing it, they're going to start feeling the benefits sooner or later. 
Kind of need a sip. The rest of the late majority will join in with the movement, as will the laggards, who in this case are working class and lower class. They'll start to take an interest in the movement, in the self-care hustle culture movement, after the government brought their attentions to the problem that hustle culture has caused with the new labour laws. As the movement is becoming far less performative, the use of social media will dramatically decrease as we will no longer be looking for validation or self-fulfillment. We'll no longer be looking to post our successes, to announce what we're working on, to show what we're doing and how much we're working. (laughs) I hope this doesn't happen. This will also wipe out the majority of influencers on social media as people will be less influenced by others. It will take a big hit. I obviously had to relate this back to fashion because that was my degree. This will take a big hit on the fashion industry in terms of marketing as almost 60% of fashion and beauty brands have influencer marketing strategies in place. And I think if this really did take the extreme it would take, people wouldn't care about fashion influencers and materialistic stuff so much because the focus would be elsewhere. The fashion, the fashion industry within the workplace will start to change even more as government makes, government makes further changes to labour laws, shutting all shops and offices at 5pm on weekdays and closing them all completely on Sunday, encouraging it as a day of rest. Again, far-fetched. Alongside this, the government will increase the minimum wage and living wage to reflect the change in income for those families who haven't been able to earn enough as a result of the new labour laws. So I kind of said he'll cut it to, he, the government, will cut it to 40 hour working weeks, not 48. I'm saying in a few years they'll realise, okay, well, we're going to have to increase people's wages because we've just made them stop working all these extra hours and not helping them out with it. Like we've put a new law in place and not kind of like finished so then they'll be like okay we're gonna have to pay you more because we're making you work less does that make sense and then i said if this were to happen this would further decrease unemployment rates as the fashion industry will be able to pay their workers more which will most probably result in them working less as they're able to earn the same money or more with less hours work so it might not be that they wanted to work 40 hour weeks but they had to because they needed the money and now they can actually afford to work like 30 hours or like three days a week not five days a week um yeah so from their practice and mindfulness they will no longer feel the need to work longer hours for more money as health is the new status that's what the title was health is the new status this will also be the time that the lower income families the laggards in this case like that would be who the last people to catch on to this trend would be as they wouldn't be able to afford to catch on earlier will be able to join in the movement as the increase in wage will be able to They'll be able to experience the luxury of working less hours and still earning a good living. So it's actually a very Buddhist thing to, like I said, from their practice and mindfulness, they'll no longer feel the need to work longer hours for more money as health is new status. It's a very Buddhist thing to not put pressure on the work that you do. It's actually really interesting. I should probably have got it up. But if you're ever interested in like the Buddhist approach to work, I highly recommend looking at it super interesting health is their status they don't really care for earning more than what's needed like the materialisticness and the excess of just like stuff and money doesn't interest them as long as they've got enough they need to get by and their work has purpose like they're good anyway overall attitude to work by the time 2030 comes along people will have a much more positive attitude to work as they are able to work less and earn the same amount of money or perhaps even more in some people's cases 
The majority of the population would have joined in on this trend as it would have covered all of the groups in Roger's theory of diffusion. We'll be a happier, more fulfilled society which will reflect in a, which will reflect in a pr productivity of our work, but also our mindset about work as it starts to take a Buddhist approach that they are there to learn and to grow and income won't be a priority. <clears throat> so this is what I said I think a day in the life would look like in like 2032. 10am. Working day will start later so that people can have the mornings to themselves, you know. They can drop the kids to school, they can go to their yoga class, their Pilates class, they can go to the gym, they can make their morning porridge, they have their time to journal. So the whole thing with my new working day is that breaks are encouraged. So I've put, by 11am we'll already be given a 10-15 minute break where, you know, there'll be breathing exercises on site, you know, there'll be like little walks outdoors you can go and do they'll encourage people to like mentally stimulate themselves you know whatever it is whatever tickles your fancy half 12 an hour and a half lunch break with mindful activities guided meditation classes and a reflection on your first half of the day like i said this is super extreme i don't think this is obviously going to happen but i do think we should be encouraged to reflect on the first half of our day what do we get done in that first hour because my point is we should be able to work shorter amounts, like an hour, but get done what we would normally get done in like three hours because our mindset will have changed. We'll be very, um, no one will be burnt out, you know? So our productivity levels will be good because we know in like half an hour, we've got our guided meditation down the hall or our 15 minutes to go outside and drink a cup of coffee. Like the whole point is that we'd be able to work more in the hour because of the way our minds are so chill now. Um, and then we would work at 3pm, we'd work for an hour and a half extra. And then at half four, a positive reflection on the day, reflecting on any, basically like a journaling session, reflecting on any issues encountered, review, plan and strategize for the next day, prepare a to-do list for the next day to enable a positive later start time. So you would have to leave your like to-do list and your plan for tomorrow out so that when you come in at 10, we're like getting started. You know, it's all based around like productivity, organization, like, a really positive attitude towards work with like no space for error or like distraction really if you know what I mean um this might seem extreme but this type of working encourages rest which promotes productivity as a result of workers feeling much less overworked and much less overwhelmed so that was my whole prediction on hustle culture what I think where I think it's come from kind of touching on how I think it's a privilege to join in and still the issues that come along with it being a privilege because just because something's a privilege like i do think hustle is a privilege to join in on hustle culture like being able to just monetize your hobby that's a privilege being able to just like pick up a second job that's a privilege to some people because some people can't even find one you know but that doesn't mean that it doesn't come with its problems um i hope you found that interesting i find stuff like that so interesting and obviously that's the nature of this podcast which is why i wanted to talk about it so ages ago, I asked for your guys' opinion on hustle culture. And I'm going to get that up now and read them all. So let's see what you guys think about hustle culture. Double-edged sword. I wish I didn't give into it so much and feel guilty for having free time. But I also want to be successful in life. The fun stuff can wait. I think that's really interesting because I don't think hustle culture is the answer to being successful i actually think it's the answer to being like successful in the short term being burnt out and then not being able to like extreme hustle culture i think is being successful 
in the short term for the next like year being super burnt out and then never being able to get back to that level and then constantly comparing yourself to that the fun stuff can actually not wait i think you need the fun stuff every single day in order to be successful and in order to be productive the success comes from giving time to the fun stuff being able to switch off and come back the next day refreshed kind of like i said in the my dream work working day although extreme don't tell me it doesn't actually make sense if we prioritized reflection on our work strategies to do's breaks we would have a great working day if someone told you you could come to work from 10 till half four from half four till five you would like plan the whole next day or whatever and you would have like two hours breaks in that and all you had to do was do like the three four hours at work productively with no distractions and that has been made super easy for you because there's regular breaks and it's all planned down to the hour and like your to-do list is there and clear that sounds like a dream i know you would rather do that than work from 8 a.m till 7 p.m and get the same amount of stuff done and then actually not have an evening to yourself it's just about like getting yourself there and like doing the work and like setting yourself up for it and like practicing mindfulness practicing being present in your work is the key to success not working for as long as possible in the day because it's literally impossible i like i said i've been really trying to work on my productivity and it's something i've said before i said it in my vlog distractions is what gets me social medias you know anything to be honest i'll get distracted by anything i'll be like i'll go make a drink i'll go to text my manager and then i'll end up on instagram for ages and i've really been trying to just be like if I'm editing, something I always do is if I'm waiting for something to import, export, if I'm waiting, if I'm like listening to my vlog and I know I don't need to edit anything in that one minute section, I'll pick up my phone. I've actively been like, no, I'll like look at it and I'll be like, no, you're about to go on your phone and get distracted. And then I'll put it down. I know that sounds stupid, but that's the only way I'm finding I can combat the distractions um, to actively be like, you're about to distract yourself. Would you like to continue? <laughs> yes or no? Um, so I do think it is a bit of a double-edged sword, but I think it's the fact that not seeing hustle culture as being like optimum productivity, because I think optimum productivity is n not even slightly similar to hustle culture. Like monetizing everything you do in your life just because you think you should isn't productive. Is that That's hustle culture. Um, it's actually so bad if i burnt out from working 60 hours and full-time uni and want one day off to go and do a face mask and sleep i shouldn't feel guilty i completely agree i completely agree i mean although i don't always think self-care is a face mask which is a, literally an episode on my channel um i agree i feel guilty for switching off you feel guilty for sleeping in an office essentially but you shouldn't because like i said it's reframing what productivity is to you, what success is to you and being and recognizing that you can't be in your optimum state of productivity without the rest. Um, I'm just going to read some of them now and not um, answer all of them because I feel like I've got similar answers to them all. I don't think it's a good thing. I always feel guilty for not doing work, even when I'm trying to relax. See, everyone feels the same. Sometimes I feel it can motivate me, but it is so unhealthy to constantly be around. I think this is true. The idea of seeing someone work 
from like eight until seven on something they're really passionate about can be motivating to be like, oh, we we have the ability to work that hard. But I think the difference is recognizing you have that ability and doing it when necessary. So like hustle culture around deadline is sometimes necessary. The week before handing at uni, I'm sure you've all been there. You don't really have a choice to not work eight till nine if you've not been very productive the rest of the year. That's how it is. Or if you've got a big project coming up at work, like deadlines are normally the time where like it's motivating to see the ability, such ability we have to work hard. But I think the thing is with that line in hustle culture is noticing that that day doesn't have to be every day and that that day is a good and rare occurrence when it needs to be. I think is where I find the concept of hustle culture motivating that like if I ever need to I know I can work that hard but recognizing that I don't need to work that hard every day kind of get a second-hand embarrassment from hustle culture especially with the cost of living crisis at the moment that's interesting kind of get second-hand embarrassment from hustle culture especially with the cost of living crisis at the moment so do you mean I'm assuming you mean kind of like I was saying the greed aspect to it like it's embarrassing to see people earn excess money when like some people don't even have it to survive this cost of living at the moment i'm gonna guess that's what you take that is what you're saying and i agree <clears throat> let's see let's see let's see my mum said work to live don't live to work and work to live yeah so like work for the means that you need to live don't live to work and like excess excess you know and i find this quite really funny this is something i always think about like do i want to work to live or live to work and i never see it in the way when i think of this quote i don't see it as a work to live as in like just work enough so that you can live the life you want to i see it as in a you either work just because you either work to live as in like you don't really like your job you're just like working to live you're getting by or you live to work like you just love your job I've never interpreted it in the aspect of like from a money financial position. I always interpret the quote as, yeah, you either work to live, just turn up, do it. Or like you live to work, but you can't wait to get up and go to work in the morning, which that's not hustle culture. That's just you have a really good job that you love. <laughs> um, but I agree. Yeah. In the terms of money, just work so that you've got enough that you want to live. Very Buddhist approach. As long as you've got the basic means that you need, you should be working to learn and grow. I know that's a really privileged thing to say, you know, but in anyone's situation, as long as you can work enough to live, you know, like you can stop there. You know, if there's holidays you want to save for, blah, 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 that's fine. But yeah, I feel like I should stop there. I don't want to tread on toes and sound super privileged, but I'm, that, I'm not trying to say that in a privileged way. I find it very toxic and it constantly makes me feel like I'm not succeeding. See, this is like I was saying at the beginning, social media just giving us an abundance of people to compare ourselves to. Can be motivational, but very performative as one person's hustle may give less success than it seems. Yeah, this is interesting. I think as well, this is what I meant when I used to think productivity was just like, how long can I work for? So I could be like to my friends, like, oh my God, it's still 9 p.m. and I'm still working. I'm just still grinding, I'm still going. But like, I wasn't getting any success from it. I was just doing like stupid planning and stupid admin that really just wasn't getting me anywhere um i do think it can be very performative your own oh put so much pressure on the grind overworking on yourself sort of contradicts your own goals and makes you feel like you're extremely stressed and overworked that you're doing it all wrong 
Soz for the parts, LMAO, had a lot to say, love you. Love you too. That's why I'm reading these stupid, because they're in like question boxes in Instagram. But I agree, a lot of pressure on the grind, overworking in yourself, contradicts your own goals. So you don't have time to focus on stuff that's going to grow you as a person. For example, like the gym or extracurricular stuff that you're interested in, anything. Makes you feel under pressure that we always need to be succeeding. Succeeding, however, it's good motivation. Surprisingly, how many people are saying it's good motivation? Um, unproductive and leaves you feeling worse than before. <laughs> Agreed. Makes you start to dislike other people instead of being happy for their success. <gasps> that is such a good one. Like it makes you resent the people that are hustling because like you're burnt out now and they're not and then you're like oh my god but really they are burnt out they're just like being performative with it because everyone thinks hustling is a great thing can feel like you're not doing enough and guilty for resting see everyone's got everyone's got the same ideas can be motivating but also leads to burnout very quickly someone said it's toxic not everything you do for fun has to make money and quite often money takes the fun out of it agreed 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 this is what i said the, the like monetizing hobbies part of it is so um important the guilt it causes at uni is ridiculous toxic when people make it look normal i think this is the thing as well isn't it when someone's really part of like the hustle culture grind and every day they're sharing their to-do lists and their successes and making it just look like it's really normal but also let's remember different people have different concentration levels have different like sleep patterns one person might only need five hours sleep whereas like i know i need a good eight or nine like, I literally won't get out of bed if I've not had eight hours sleep. Um, and some people might be like, why you should get up at half five in the morning? Like, no, I need that sleep. There's no point me waking up and getting up at 5 a.m. and grinding like you are because I literally, it will not be productive. I literally won't get anything done because I need that extra three hours in bed. Like, I can't function otherwise. So, like, just remembering that, yeah, some person might be doing all of this, but one, they might not be, might be very performative. And two, even if they are, like, just clap for them. Well done. Cool. I personally can't do that and don't really want to do that. Recognise if that's something that even interests you. Do you want to work that hard? Or do you want to go out with your friends that evening or stick a movie on or scrapbook or read that book you were reading, you know? Um, let's see if we got any more. Gives me anxiety. Uh, motivates me but also makes me feel guilty. Makes me feel guilty for just having a rest day. Constantly trying to achieve so much and always being busy. It's exhausting. Always trying to be busy is definitely a result of hustle culture. Like, making sure your to-do list has at least 10 plus things on it. Definitely. Like, make bed, tick. Make breakfast, tick. Just so you can tick things off instead of, like, three tasks you actually need to do that day. So toxic. Nearly made me ruin my degree. I feel that, sis. I literally thought I was going to drop out in third year. That is not a joke. Um, can be toxic. Doesn't appreciate that you can be... You can't be productive if you're burnt out. This can't keep being normalised. Cutting schedule back is the best thing I ever did. I feel like a loser if I'm not working 24-7. It makes you feel lazy and useless when you don't overwork yourself to burn out. It can be a really bad thing, but also, if you love your job, then is it so bad it doesn't feel like work? That's an interesting one to end on. If you love your job... I don't think hustle culture, though, is loving your job so doing it 24-7... I think, I don't think there's a job that you can love to an extent where you love every single aspect of the job and there's never a point where you think, I wish I could, I don't want to do this right now. I don't think that's possible. And I think we all need to stop striving for a job that we love 24 seven, because I don't think that exists at the end of the day. A job's a job and you have to do things you don't like sometimes and it doesn't always feel good. But 
I don't think having a job you love, so like spending more hours on it, is hustle culture. Making sure you're not overstepping the mark and you're not stressed and you're not overwhelmed by it is a different thing. But like I said, I think hustle culture is the need to monetize everything you're doing, the need to find a second job because one isn't enough, the need to like use your lunch break to, I don't know, like do something else productive, like not giving yourself that rest. Okay, let's talk about ways you can turn away from hustle culture super quick. Redefine what success and productivity is to you. What do you want from this life? Money doesn't equal good. Money doesn't equal success. The amount of hours you worked today does not determine how successful you are or how productive you are or how good your life is. What do you genuinely want from this life? Is it a lot of money? Is that genuinely gonna bring you happiness? If no one knew what was in your bank account and you couldn't tell anyone and you couldn't post the things you were buying and you couldn't post the holidays you were going on, is money what you really want? If no one knew that your bag was Balenciaga, would you still want that money? You know, would you still want that bag? What do you actually want from this life? What is success to you? Hustle culture literally comes from comparison and pressure. And knowing who you are and what you want and what a successful good day would look like to you is so important and then not comparing that to someone else's i used to really struggle with just being like i should be up at 5 a.m you know i should that is what productive people do why am i wasting my time i literally don't like getting up at 5 a.m today i got up at like six and my pilates class was at eight and i literally went back to bed till seven because i was like what do i do with that extra hour yesterday my spin class was at seven i got up at six and it was fine but like waking up that extra hour before I needed to just to be awake at six o'clock was pointless because there was nothing that I could have done in that hour's time that was productive or that I wanted to do other than just like go back to bed. I just wanted to wake up in time for my class and go. And that's what I did. And this is what I mean by like what's important to you, what makes you happy, what's good. And then just don't compare that to other people and just like block it out. If someone's making you feel bad on social media, unfollow them. If you can't unfollow them, mute them like just make sure they're not in your vision if they're not making you happy um, i have a whole episode on avoiding burnout an episode on stress which goes hand in hand with this and so does my episode about um being able to say no because i think being able to say no lets you turn away from hustle culture like being able to say no to monetizing your hobby being able to say no to extra extra hours at work being able to say no to promotion that you actually don't want because you're happy with your workload at the moment um so yeah if you're interested in this topic and you haven't listened to avoiding burnout, stress or saying no, they're probably my related episodes I'd give you. And as I said, knowing who you are is so important because if you know who you are and you know what's important to you, you can simply ignore everything otherwise. Journal prompt, what does success look like to you? I know last week was what does productivity look like to you, but two different things. What does a successful, happy life look like to you? How much work does your successful happy life actually involve and i will see you next sunday with a very fun podcast Mwah. love you guys